Hey everyone, it's Meredith Griffin here. And on behalf of my buddy Lou, I wanna thank you for joining us for another summer bonus episode of Major Crush. This mini episode is a continuation of Lou's time touring one of our friends and fans of the show, Amy Kathleen of the Collective Light Podcast. It's always such an honor when one of our listeners reaches out for assistance in helping them find the actual wines we're sipping during one of our regular season episodes. And of course, it's these requests that inspired us to start our Crush Collection Wine Club. We know how difficult it can be to find wines we really love because our favorite wines often can't be found on a grocery store shelf. I know that statement can make it sound like there are no good wines in your local grocery store, which is kind of an unfair thing to say because here at Major Crush, we know that all wines have a place in someone's wine journey. And as long as you sip on the wines you enjoy, that's really all that matters. But I guess the important thing we want to share with our listeners is that the wines that we feature in our Crush collection are different because they're not mass produced, like most of the wines on grocery store shelves. When wines are made in large batches to accommodate the quantities needed to be on grocery store shelves and in wine outlets, corners are often cut in the production. It's just a fact. For these types of wine, it's a matter of quantity over quality. And as a result, technology plays a much larger role in the finished product. So there's no way to sugarcoat it or better way to say it than that mass-produced wines simply aren't as well-made or as delicious as the wines you'll discover when you visit wine country. This is something Amy Kathleen asked Lou to talk about while she was on her tour. The wine industry is a tricky enterprise, that's for sure. So it's always helpful to have someone looking out for you. But I think if you listen in, you'll gain some new perspective about the wine industry as a whole and discover, hopefully, a refreshing appreciation for why we love the wines we crush on every day. All right, so for the person who's not able to get out here, or get out here as often as they want to. How do you get these boutique wines to the average person? The average that's mom the problem. That's, that's the challenge. These guys, first of all, have no no way of doing it. You got to realize, you know, like the first social media or online type of e-commerce was Wine Inc. They built a fabulous platform. And they came around the valley, and they said, "Do you want to do you want to market your wines online?" And it, you know, the pitch was easy. They said, "Absolutely." So they said, "Okay, we'll work up a bid for you." Well, when they got the bid, you know, if it was twenty thousand or twenty-five thousand dollars, they'd go, "Good night." You know, I never budgeted that. I don't have that in my budget. So they said, "Do you want to do it for wine?" Well, that's natural. You know, it's like anything. Wines, when you when you make wine, you barter with it, uh, and uh, they would say, "Yeah." So, Wine Inc. came out with great wines, and they gave this guarantee that if you didn't like the wine, they'd replace it. Oh wow! Well, what would happen is they didn't sell enough of the people's wines. Mm-hmm. The year the contract ended up ending, and they would say. I'm not going to renew my contract. I'm not mm-hmm. going to. I'm not going to give you any more wine. Right. So they had to run around and hustle, and find wine and buy it, which they didn't have a lot of open to buy, 
and they didn't buy a good quality wines. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what would happen? People didn't like it, mm -hmm. they started sending it back. Mm -hmm. So that started some social media, obviously on a negative mm -hmm. deal. So going outside marketing, well, people yeah. just didn't do. I have some of the Nuestra Sangre. Hey guys, it's Sonia Zant, the producer of the show. I just want to butt in here real quick and set the stage. I think by now it's probably pretty clear that boutique winemakers have their work cut out for them when it comes to getting their wines to people they know will love them, but who might never get a chance to visit the wine country. But here's something else to note. When there's a real-life winemaker behind the wine, their authentic story only enhances the experience and the passion you can taste in every glass. And that's not easy to explain until you've experienced it for yourself. So what you're about to hear is an example of how it's done. When Amy Kathleen and her husband Mike learn the story behind a wine we have a huge crush on from Madrigal Family Winery. Let's listen in. Some of the Nuestra Sangre now. So that was the Zinfandel just now for you. Right. right. Which is Chris's dad's favorite grape. And so he grows that around his house down there. Uh, so, so this is Chris's here. dad's house here. And that's his dad's house there in the middle Okay. Of the his dad's a character too. Yeah. Yes, and he comes. I only see him like maybe every three or four months, and all he does, he just rolls up in his car, pops in the kitchen, and says, "I'm taking wine," and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did he take? <laughs> you know, um, as as you're allowed to do when. Does he yell, "Get off my yard and get off my lawn"? He's and then... never done that though. Um, when I used to go for walks around the vineyard, I'd always kind of be like, you know, I hope he doesn't like shoot me for trespassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen a lot in California, but yeah, he is a he's an ex uh, paratrooper. Really? So Jess, yeah, he did 20 years to 101, 101st Airborne, and then when he retired, he and he and Chris started the vineyard management company, which is headquartered at the little brown building behind the pond here. Not, not the shed, but there's another building. <laughs> Tiny um, shed, yeah. And so they still take care of about 800 acres here in Napa County for other people. Oh, really? And that's how they got started. Chris's dad used to grow the grapes in this property for the previous owner. Uh, it's a guy named Duckhorn. Mm -hmm. And uh, Duckhorn's got a bunch of holdings all over the place now. They're uh, the 21st largest wine company in America. Really? Yeah. Uh, but due to the nature of that relationship, Chris's dad got to buy this property from Duckhorn in 1994. That's kind of how we get the name for this bottle, uh, Nuestra Sangre, or Our Blood. Our Blood. This is a blend that comes from these vines right here under the deck. Uh, it's Merlot. 80% of this bottle is going to be Merlot. It gives a softness, velvetiness, fruitiness. They planted this in 1990, four years before they got to buy the property. So their blood, their sweat, their work was already here in the land, already here in the soil. Um, and that's kind of how we get the name for this one to show a bit of that family history. They've actually been growing the grapes here since, I want to say the mid-80s on this property. Um, and so they, everything that's here now, they planted and did all the work. Wow. Um, then the other 20% of this, why it doesn't taste like any other Merlot you've ever had, is that it's Petit Verdot. And Petit Verdot is the essence of purple. It's just dried purple flowers, it's lavender, it's violet. It's going to give you the grainy tannic note coming through, the depth, the richness of this wine. Um, and together, just this is any sort of fancy dinner out you guys might come across. This is the bottom of the table, right? Uh, I just assume you're not you're not vegetarians from Louisiana. Right? <laughs> no, we're not vegetarians. We are not. Right? It's like illegal there, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Some some states it's illegal to be vegetarian, um, but lamb, duck, venison for this are my mm. go-to. Mm. Um, grilled mushrooms, any meal with truffles on it, like mushroom risotto with truffle oil, um, all of it is a fantastic dinner. Yeah. So, 
it's just a fun one. You get a lot of that cranberry up front, you get a nice mid palette to it, and then just a nice complexity of dry leaves um, and a little hint of mushroominess to the fish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of our favorites. And uh, just a fun one to bring out. So, hope you guys enjoy it. Wow, thank, thank you. you. My pleasure. What do you guys think? Pretty good? Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, do you enjoy uh, the story more or the, uh, the wine more? Oh, both. well, I give both A+. Plus. Right? Especially <laughs> really the way you one. tell it. Well, you know, try and do it kind of quick. But it's just, there's something about sipping a wine in the vines that it comes from that makes it taste better. Yeah. Mm. Right? And it's kind of morbid when you think of it. You're drinking the children in front of its parents. But that's just <laughs> it's the place, right? That's how it comes that's together. That's the circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll see how it goes for you guys. Yeah, uh, I'll Thank be around. You. Can I get you guys anything else right now? Uh, I think we're okay. You glass of water would be great. Water? Yeah. yeah. That's, I wish he didn't have a mask on so you could totally hear everything he said. I, know, I don't great, know if that would be picked up at all. That was a great story about why the wine, wine is named what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.